It's Cookie Lab. Hello and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And apparently we are formal today because we said hello. Hello. Uh, this must be a wonderful celebratory cookie that we've made. My mouth is watering already. This cookie is sitting really? in front of me. It is okay. filled with things that I usually have never eaten. Right. That's what I was going to say. I think you like physically flinched when you first saw this cookie in our in our original laboratory New York Times 24 oh. days of cookies oh yeah maybe maybe um uh we are we are talking today about a guava cookie you want to give us the proper name of this this guava cookie yes this cook this is a recipe from the new york times from our original cookie lab inspiration it is called guava and cream cheese twists so it, it was the it was the combination of the guava and the cream cheese. Like you could have called it raspberry jelly cream cheese twists and I would have flinched. Oh, yeah, because there's something a little bit yucky about that. But let me let me tell you where it comes from. It is a it is a kind of an homage to a pastry that comes from Puerto Rico and other parts of the Caribbean. Oh, exciting. Pastelillos or pastelitos and it's a flaky pastry turnover okay it has guava a jammy guava center but also cream cheese where's the cream cheese so but this so this is a cookie that's inspired by that treat that you could pack in your lunchbox because you don't need to worry about having cream cheese like go bad in this cookie the cream cheese is baked into the dough oh so this okay. cookie would not would not please the people i don't think who are looking for that treat from their home country this is a variation it's a variation and i wanted to try it because i was intrigued by the guava paste ingredient now i i filed it away because I knew that Puerto Rico Day was uh, recently. I knew I wanted to make this cookie in June. Okay, but we may have missed uh, Puerto Rico Day. We might have Day. missed the day, but it's that, I wanted to time specific. it around that so we okay. could talk about that. So it's the and celebration. Then, yes, and then, but then, like last week, one of my Facebook friends who is of Cuban descent, so similar part of the world, posted a picture of a package of Oreos. <gasps> That was like guava cream cheese Oreos. And I think it was a meme, a mock-up, because she said her comment was, somebody please make these be real. So I don't think it's actually a product you can get, but it, it just flashed me right back to the, to the guava paste cookie that I wanted to try. And let me tell you, it surprised me in multiple ways. Oh. So it called for unsalted butter. Yeah, that's regular butter. And cream... Yeah, and cream cheese. Yeah. And um, only one cup of flour, which was shocking to me, because it says it makes a lot of cookies, like oh. 50 cookies. And oh, the wow. little dough ball was so small, my son and I were like, there's no way. How much fl How much butter did it call for? It was just um, a half a cup, you know, one sure. stick of butter. We're going with our classic four... uh, ratio of ingredients. But then four ounces of cream cheese... Well, the, it was grams, but like okay. it was half. It was half a brick of cream cheese. Okay, fat. Um, yeah. So that's like a whole cup of fat. Yeah. Between the two, and then so it's one to one. It's one to one fat to flour. Yeah. Is, does that make it a cracker? I forget. Oh, uh, well, let's just call it a biscuit and pretend that we're European. Okay. 
Okay, we do like to pretend that from time to time when we eat dinner at 9 p.m. and things like that, right? So, um, I didn't have any butter. Oh, so ate... you mil you went out and you finally milked the nanny goat and made your own butter? I went into my garage fridge because I knew I had something special in there. So you can see what it was. <laughs> Chris, Jill, do you want to describe what that is? Jill used a <laughs> butter lamb from Easter, I believe, to make this cookie. And it has a flag in it that says, Alleluia. And it has a red ribbon around its neck. And of course. And it has peppercorn eyes. Are you familiar with this product? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you know about it? I know of it from, from Easter celebrations. I don't know of it from Easter so celebrations. So do you keep one of these in your refrigerator <laughs> at all times as the emergency butter sacrificial lamb? <laughs> right? I thought it was too good to pass up. I was shopping in Wegmans, where I is, which is not in my usual rotation, but I was near one and did some shopping there around Easter time. I saw this lamb and just couldn't get over how cute it was and had to have it. But then I didn't, you know, serve it or anything. So I got it out. It was just the right amount of butter that I needed. And interestingly, Chris, this product, this butter lamb, it's from? It's from Buffalo. It's from Buffalo, which is where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up in Buffalo, uh, there's, a, there's a very large Polish population. And my grandparents were from Poland and the Ukraine. And so Easter in the Polish culture is a huge, huge, huge celebration. And so every year we would take a, a basket full of food, including a butter lamb and kielbasa and eggs and other and um, sweet breads mm -hmm. and uh, take that to church where the uh, priest would bless it. And then you would bring that back home and have your Easter meal. That's wonderful because at first I didn't understand what was happening. I thought you were going to give away the food. And what would the priest do with like baskets of baskets food from and 100 baskets. families? Yeah. And like the perishable butter... food, not a food drive situation. And the lamb represents the Christ and the sacrifice and all of that. Lamb of God, etc. All yeah. this you didn't know was going to happen when I made the pastelillos. No, for, for, for Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico Day. Day. So that, I just thought that was hilarious. Now, once now we'll taste it, and then I'll tell you what, what I think happened with the taste of it, which which is kind of amazing. Are you ready to taste it? I know I, you are. I am. I am. Okay. I have to... Play that funky music. I have to get a bigger bite of the guava. I kind of love it. The guava is surprisingly subtle. It's subtle, right? I expect it to be more of a tang. Now that I have this ingredient, I want to do so many different things with it. It's very I'm nice. And the hunt down all the guava paste recipes that I can. And the cookie, the cookie is soft mm. and um, like like melty in your mouth. I mean, these are very fresh. I, I did pop these out of the oven mere minutes ago. I don't think they're going to get hard and crisp. You don't think they're going to crisp up? No. No. It's like a nice cream cheese dough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep eating. You talk. Yeah. So they came out of the oven when my great, big, like over six foot tall, hungry teen boy came home from high school and he began, you know, shoveling them into his mouth. And he said, I think it's like a little bit like hamantaschen. And I said, interesting that you say that because 
when I had to create the twist shape, it was kind of like a little bit of a fail. I think I would definitely want to try again. And it reminded me of the difficulty that I had making hamantash in. In the past. In the past, prior to my cookie lab deep dive into hamantash in. Yeah. But, but what I want to say about the taste of it is that even though you might think hamantash because it's a buttery looking dough with a jelly looking center, the cream cheese in the dough really makes it a much more good match for rugelach, which my grandma Sophie's rugelach was very similar to this. She would put like maybe raspberry, I don't think she had guava paste, in a cream cheese dough. And I have not tasted anything like what she could do, except for certainly the ones at our local fancy farm stand are woefully inadequate, unfortunately. Bizu Sweet, which is a local cookie making company, had one that was extremely close to Grandma Sophie's. However, that company's signature donut muffin product became so popular that they had to turn more of their production lines over to that. They have stopped making rugelach. So I'm now inspired to try to create my Grandma Sophie's rugelach. All, all from this Caribbean knockoff, non-pastry, guava pastry. So what I did was after I made the twist, I made one for myself that is like a rugelach. <laughs> Excellent. I, wow. You, Chris has just been eating and eating. I think he really likes the cookie. You I like do. it? I like it very much. I mean, I think when we first looked at that list of cookies, you were like, I do not want to eat that. I one. do not want to eat this cookie. <laughs> you didn't want to. No. So I think it's important to no. note that you can try new things. It is a win. And I think one of the reasons that I was excited by this cookie as, as we came into it was some of the science that I had read. Okay. And Please fill me in. Here's what I didn't know. The star ingredient in this is guava paste, uh, which comes from the from the guava plant. And as I was reading about guava, I came upon all of my scientific journals that I check in and I could I can tell you, you know, how much potassium, how much phosphorus, how much nitrogen, on and on and on and on about the guava plant and that uh, it has been shown to have a substantial impact on digestive problems. You mean it can help me with my tummy trouble? Mm, uh, not unless you uh, are going to the bathroom all the time. No, that's not one of my problems. Yeah, but, but if, if you do have diarrhea, it is an anti-diarrheal. However, great to know. And we could have gone down many, many routes with this. But one thing caught my attention, and that was that guava has twice to five times the amount of vitamin C of other citrus fruits. Why aren't we all drinking guava juice with our breakfast? I've had guava juice. Maybe some people are, and I just didn't know. Remember when Dole used to make those mixed juices? Mm -hmm. My favorite was the guava. Okay. Uh, and I think maybe I've had it in the Middle East or something like that. But I never knew that there was twice the amount of vitamin C. So Nor did I. I was, I, and when I think of vitamin C, I think of like a tangy tart, lemons or limes. Or as I was thinking about this cookie, I was get, I was salivating. I was I was really thinking that it was going to be a punchy, tangy because of the high amount of vitamin C in it. But it mm -hmm. wasn't. It was very. Mm -hmm. It was very nice. But that doesn't dissuade me 
at all from still thinking about vitamin C because there is a fantastic vitamin C story. Would you like to hear it? Yes, I would like to hear it. You've heard of scurvy, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the pirates would get when they didn't have pickles or limes on their... When they were the whalers, they were out at sea for however, nine months at a time or something like that. They need the vitamin C. The body needs vitamin C. Well, all that they knew was that they needed fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't, didn't know what they specifically didn't know what it was that they were missing from it, but they they knew that they needed the vegetables and the fruits. So in the 1900s, actually, a guy named Casimir's Funk. I like him already. Prepared, Bring in the noise. Bring pre- in the funk. <laughs> prepared a list of nutritional factors called vitamins. Who, if you didn't have enough of these... Are you trying to tell me that Casimir Funk is the father of vitamins? Yes. Like, he made that up, that word? Yeah. The things that you find... Uh, right? Or just make up. Yeah. really... I'm not going to follow up on this. <laughs> but what's wonderful, in his list, Funk used the letter C to designate a factor that was unidentified but known to prevent scurvy. Why he didn't call it S, I could not find, but he called it C. Later, in 1920, Albert von Sens Giorgi... Not going to try it. Giorgi (laughs) discovered the molecule known as ascorbic acid... And he That's call- vitamin C, isn't it? it I mean, is- I see that like on a package. Yeah. 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 And it's ascorbic acid. And he called it ascorbic acid because ascorbic means scurvy prevention. Okay. And so it became known as vitamin C because it was that missing vitamin mm-hmm. that that had been referred to as C, and uh, it's also called ascorbic acid. But that's Mm -hmm. not all. That's not all? No, humans and some birds and some reptiles cannot, cannot create in your body vitamin C. You have to eat it from other things. You mean like how if you go outside in the sunshine, your body will make vitamin D for you. That cannot happen with vitamin C. You no. have to ingest it from another source. Exactly. Well put. Which means that somewhere in our evolutionary path, we lost the ability to create vitamin C. Why do you think why do you think that? Because like, I read that just, in just ha- nature.com develop the ability to make our own vitamin D and we haven't yet evolved to the point where we can make our own vitamin C. So there was a scientist, Albert Leninger, who studied vitamin C biosynthesis in animals. And so animals like cats and dogs can biosynthesize their own vitamin C. And humans have every step of that synthesis except for the last enzyme and what happened to it the hypothesis is we gave up that enzyme as a trade for opposable thumbs <laughs> that no. would have been great no it's something for... much more chemical the lack of our ability to make vitamin c allows our bodies to know more about our nutritional status we're able to control our biochemistry a little better. 
Okay. That's interesting. We can easily find it and cultivate it in many different foods. Absolutely. We might have lost the ability because we didn't we need didn't, to we didn't anymore. Need to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The other one is a trade-off, and that is that by giving up that enzyme, we gained another enzyme. Well, sub- and, that's of some awesome benefit that we don't even know what it is. Exactly. Right. And that that allows our bodies to do things that otherwise we wouldn't be able to do. We're here on Cookie Lab on the cutting cutting edge, the cutting cutting edge edge of of science. So and nutrition, not only are we cultural celebrations of all kinds, be it Puerto Rico Day or Easter in Buffalo or my grandma Sophie's Rugelach. Yes. And so stay with us for future cookies where we might say at any moment, keep your paws off our cookies. That's right. Go find the recipe on our Facebook group and make your own. You won't be sorry. And buy yourself a mug using the link in our show notes. And that also you won't be sorry about because that's a really solid mug. It's a great mug. All right. We'll see you next week on Cookie Lab. Bye. It's Cookie Lab.